Well, welcome to week five of the minors where we're talking about Zephaniah and... With a P-H. Zephaniah. So Zechariah, which is, they're almost the same. Almost just the same. Are they brothers? <laughs> welcome, Jadine. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Many people might see you on stage. Uh, is there anything you'd like people to know about you? Um, I guess. So, nope. <laughs> well, I'm married to Corey. Nice. Who's Corey? What does Corey do? Corey's the youth coordinator here. <laughs> yeah, and we have Nolan, nine months, and we'll be married 10 years next month. 10 years. Wow. Can you imagine? Time just flies. I know. It's crazy. Hmm. So what has the 10 years been like for you guys? Oh, my gosh. A roller coaster because mm-hmm. um, I was in school most of it. Mm-hmm. And so just like figuring out how to, you know, carve out time for each other while I'm still like pursuing a really difficult uh, career. So, yeah, I'm a physician assistant. Um, We actually just changed our name, physician associate. Really? Yeah, it got voted. So that doesn't mean you get to go to her and ask her to write your prescriptions at church? Correct. FYI. I will not do that. (laughs) (laughs) I, you have a great attitude. Oh, you really do. You are... (laughs) You're you're here whenever we ask you to be here. You give you your time, even when you feel like it's not appreciated. You just, I appreciate it. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Very impressed. I like being here. And after, you know, leaving and then checking other churches out, we're like, you know what? Elements are home. Hmm. So, yeah, we're happy to be back. Cool. And I wanted to ask a little bit about that. What was the transition back like? So you guys were here for years early on. And right. Then came back two years ago now, three years? Yeah, 2018. 2018. What was that transition back like? Uh, definitely different because, you know, you come back and people are gone that you're used to. Or, and you're grown up. Yeah. And then we're like older. So, I mean, when we left, we were like really, we were with that like young 20s group, you know, like James Fairfield. We, and we worked with the youth with him. And so coming back, it was like, okay, uh, what friends do we have? And it was just like a little bit like trying a new church out just because there were so many more people to um, learn or meet. We were like, okay, well, we just got to dive in and start getting to know people. And and I was under the mentality of like, if I want friends, I have to be a little aggressive about it because, you know, moving constantly, like if you're quiet and passive, like sure, you could find a friend, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to like get friends. And so <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, but I was like, I want to be friends with Jenna. <laughs> and so, because I hadn't met her yet, and I'd always seen, like, Facebook posts, so I was like, I think I'd vibe with her. Nice. So then I, like, sought her out, and I was like, me and Jenna are going to be friends. And <laughs> we became friends, and then, yeah, I I mean, I just needed to be aggressive, and whereas Corey's a little, like, not like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Corey, if you want friends, just go up and ask people, start talking, hanging out. <laughs> And so, you know, I just, so I started doing that and then, you know, felt more comfortable. Yeah. Great attitude. Yeah. I I wish everybody had that attitude. (laughs) Rather than being like, Element needs to make me make friends. (laughs) Give me friends. No. Yeah. I can't. uh, I've experienced that that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So if I see someone, I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll be good together. What's your name? Hold on. Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, I'll be friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you、yeah. in three days. You just don't know it yet.、Yeah. So we're talking about Zephaniah, and so today we get to the minor prophet Zephaniah, and as like all minor prophets do, he talks about the day of the Lord. And when we hear the day of the Lord as Christians, we tend to think, you know, when God destroys everything. Well, really, for Jewish people, the day of the Lord was a culmination of what God is doing in the world. And as you read through Zephaniah, it's all like. Hellfire and brimstone. He's a young guy with a whole lot of passion, and what he wants to do is have people realize the pride that we tend to live in, and yet the humility that God calls us to. Because when the day of the Lord comes, we are all the people who are going to understand what humility is actually supposed to be, and we'll start to live in that. And that is ultimately where we're supposed to get understanding who we are versus who God is. And the day of the Lord is the day when God brings to culmination everything that He is going to do. So, what is the day of the Lord? In their minds, it was the culmination of the age when God brings about everything He says He's going to do. And what we understand post Christ is that God's ultimate judgment was laid upon Christ for us. And so we actually, in one sense, live in the day of the Lord, while we also look forward to a future day of the Lord for us that would be. Christ returning, the culmination of all things, not necessarily a destroyed heaven and earth where God makes a new one, but a renewed heaven and earth where God brings back the ultimate good, this creation that He intended. I always wonder when we hear these things about end of the age, day of the Lord, because you know we're we're post Messiah coming, right? And then you know, so Jesus returns, and I wonder if there's a place where where we're sitting, you know, millennial removed from the event, and we're going like, oh. This makes much more sense. We all thought it was going to be like this, and it's actually like sure. this. And because I always think our ideas of what God's going to do are just so different than what God is actually going to do. <laughs> right. So I'm really excited、yeah. to see what's going to happen.、Uh, so it says, think and talk about the most unlikely people you think would ever show up in a church service. Yeah, this was a hard question. Me and Corey were thinking about it last night because I. Thought immediately of the people who have been burned、mm-hmm. by the church, because I have some friends who just like, and it's really sad. They just like are burned by one church, and then they just don't they have、burned? a desire. Um, one of them went through a divorce,、mm-hmm. and one like her significant other was a child of one of the main. Like leaders、okay. in the church, so she felt like they were. Everyone was against her.、Mm-hmm. That was one, and then another one was、um, there was some repositioning of people, and you know, as a youth leader, sometimes you just age out of it, right?、Mm-hmm. And so then they wanted to bring someone in younger, but how it was handled was not great. And so then someone who I've you know. Learned from a lot is now like swearing off church. I have a lot of respect for him, and he's got a good heart. and And now I just see the bitterness, and it's just really sad. Yeah, isn't it sad that we, as a people, have such a hard time overlooking that people are people? And I know、yeah. that's so true. It's 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 not that. It's it. I I I would be surprised if no church ever hurt anybody because churches are made up of people and、yep. that's what people do. It's like we were talking about a, a couple weeks ago when we were when Israel wanted a human king 
And because that'll fix the problem. And yep. every human king sins grievously. That means every pastor is going to sin. That every person on a church board is going to sin. Yep. And somehow we sit back and think that's not going to happen. And yet it does. And I think not that we just need to be like, okay, well, it's going to happen. But I think that we need to look at that in terms of what God is calling us to in terms of redemption and right. in loving one another and calling one another back and also offering forgiveness and grace and, and having the wherewithal to say, you hurt me and let's work through this. And there are yep. some people that say, oh, I don't, I didn't hurt you. This is your own dumb fault. I mean, okay. But at least you stepped out and did your part. It doesn't mean you have to be part of that church, but we still need to be part of the body of Christ. Well, this is, so this gets out one of the, your, your points that God disciplines his kids, not out of malice, but out of restorative love. Restored love being God, he restores, he reshapes, he renews. So in that, God sends his people, his prophets foretold this, into captivity into Babylon. And yet what they long to do is return and worship the Lord, to rebuild the temple, to go back home. to And it's like, it's this totally different mindset than we have today. Our mindset today is, oh, well, God must have let me down. Therefore, God's not God of me. When their whole thing and the other side for them was, look what we've done. Look at how we have sinned against the Lord. Let us go back and worship him. Well, it goes back to that, that we we, we are hurt by people and, and we can live in that. Or how how do we be, have more of a God's, God's heart where he restores, he, he it moves us out of our myopic view into his glory? I think that there are a couple things, and we've talked about this over a number of weeks now, and one of them goes back to the idea of worship. Who are we worshiping? Who is actually worthy? Is it the pastors? Is it the people on the board? Is it these things? Or is God the one who is worthy of our worship? And if God is the one who is worthy of our worship, our eyes will begin to get off of ourselves and onto Him. And I think that there will then be a desire to step into the things that He wants us to. Right now, who are you worshiping? Who, who do you find as most worthy? Because apparently, not that you can't be hurt, not that you can't be upset that someone did something wrong or treated you poorly, but who right now is your focus? Is it you and your pain, or is it the God who has called and redeemed you? And how angry are you that God has left those people who hurt you in a position of power in this church, and yet you are the one who has to leave? Do you blame? And because in a sense, a lot of people are like, well, if God was better and if God was true and God was just, he would remove those people. Why? Because they didn't do it right. They didn't do it good enough. And yet we have all messed up. And so who's God going to put in there? The perfect person? No, he's going to put in the jacked up person like we all are because there are no other kinds of people. And I think if we just understood that a bit, that we want to be those who don't hurt others, but in our lives, we have hurt others. And are people running around angry at us and blaming God for something that we did? We need to be really careful about those those things of judgment against one another. I just kind of dealt with this myself with um, some relationships I've had um, with my sisters. And it's like, you know, I just can't... Will they be watching? If they are, it's fine. Me and Jessica are totally fine now. We had a conversation and it it came down to like, we could keep hurting each other or like, we need to come to this understanding that we are different people and me realizing that and, and trying to understand how she thinks. And I mean, gosh, cause we've had, I mean, she's my twin. So we've been 
together for 32 years. And so it's like, you know, all those years of <laughs> trauma or whatever. Um, and then, you know, just trying to figure out how as adults we deal with our issues and otherwise, yeah, we'll be bitter and not talk or something, you know, and I don't want that relationship. And so it's about like not being selfish and thinking about, oh, how did she hurt me? I wanted to see how did I hurt you and how can I fix it? Mm. Or it may not even be fixable. How can I, you know, do better next time and understand you better? And how can we work together and and basically become more Christ-like because I always want to self-improve. And, and I think, I think in part of that, that is I deserve, mm-hmm. right? I deserve to be understood. I deserve for you not to be a pain in my butt. I deserve and, and understand the gospel of, well, I deserve a lot more worse than I get. And therefore, it's I, almost like I deserve to be understood, but you don't. Yeah, it's or you horrible. make it hard to understand you, and yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah and it's it's like why can't you understand me? Still it's your like, fault. Uh, yeah, hmm. I think sometimes it's really sad that people who go through sinful things in their life who really mess up, if they go back to church, they usually go back to a different church because mm-hmm. they can start fresh. There's not all the baggage. And just think what our churches would be like if someone who did a bunch of stupid stuff and had all that baggage would feel comfortable going back to the church that they had done those things in because they knew that it was a restorative community. Mm-hmm. Not, not that we condone sin. We don't. But there needs to be some sort of redemptive focus in what we do. So how can we start changing the culture of element in that? Like what, what can we do to... Well, I think part of changing the culture would be to understand that it's okay to call sin sin, but we need to understand it is sin in our own life when we are the Pharisee, when we are just looking and judging and how dare this and how dare that, when maybe our thing should be, okay, Jesus, where are your accusers? They're not here. Okay, we'll go ahead and go. But he didn't sleep. He goes, and sin no more. He, he offers grace, but he also says, stop doing the stupid thing you're doing. If it's not karma, it's that you did this, you got in the car, you drove it into a wall because you were lit up on the meth. Well, stop smoking the meth. <laughs> You know, it's it's like this, it, it, there's nothing wrong with calling out and saying what the sin is, as long as we're also in a place of saying, and I'll walk with you through this, or I can get you a place to walk, somebody to walk with you through this, or, you know, showing them that there is an alternative way to live. Well, and I think with, you know, being in groups of people, like, sure, you can get all clickish, right? And so when someone starts bringing up past stuff, we got to like change instead of just continually gossiping about it. Mm-hmm. Like we need to start changing how we even discuss this stuff. I, I think it's hard for us to make a distinction between supporting a person versus supporting the sin. When many times supporting the person is pointing out the sin. Well, I mean, from from the very first sin, right? We see sin breaks relationship. Yeah. And as Christians, we've got to be people who push past sin to have relationships still. And, and it doesn't mean you just roll over and take it, but to, to love and extend grace, even when it's difficult and it's messy because obviously it's messy for God too. Like he cleans it up pretty well, but like (laughs) we're a mess and God extends grace. Um, And so this week for you, 
find, going back to a few weeks ago, consider your ways. Consider how you treat people, how you welcome people into your life, uh, how you talk about them when they're not around, um, and begin to see better, more clearly what God has done for you by reflecting on his goodness um, and, and truly worship him um, in a way that can bring about a restorative nature to how you build relationships with others and extend grace um, and um, welcome people in so that they can understand the gospel too. And, the day of the Lord has come for you. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is the yeah. celebration. It, it, it is a celebration, the day of the Lord. It is a day, a time where sin is not a part of our lives anymore and we can all worship God together and all of our slates can be clean. And so extend that to somebody else that this life doesn't have to remain this way, that, that there's restorative love that comes from our good God. And with that, we'll see you next week. Oh, you wrote something down. I must have been profound. <laughs> More on my outro. Uh, oh, more is the outro. Oh. <laughs>